it can take any aspect of your life that is wanting and lacking and it can make it better. Okay, guys, the Splendid Torch Podcast. Professor Pete here. I'm with uh, the old man himself. Feeling young, sir. All right, Coach Pete, my man. How you doing? I'm doing amazing. How are you? I'm good, man. We've had an interesting morning. It's one of those days <laughs> where I don't know if, if one more thing can possibly go wrong. Shh, we're just starting. Yeah, knock on wood. Uh, nah, it's all good, man. I'm, uh, I'm excited today because we're going to talk about something that is near and dear to my heart. I agree with you. I we're going to talk about way. this. Jiu-Jitsu for the win. Amen to that. Because that covers a lot of things, man. When you say jujitsu for the win, that can mean a million different things. It's a wide landscape that we can attack. It is. And uh, what we're going to start with is the obvious thing. Like jujitsu for the win is the efficacy of jujitsu. Literally using jujitsu to win. To win. Right? And we can go back to not the birth of jujitsu, but definitely like the um, like the explosive growth of jujitsu, I would say, happened when what was the famous kind of cultural it would be start? the guy in the pajamas going against the other guy skinny guys, guy the skinny guy the guy with the one boxing glove on oh, uh, you know they got the sumo guy that was the actual um what was the uh jean-claude van damme movie where they were you take everybody in it was the the one true with art the, with the kumite yeah the one true blood art. sport blood dude. sport that's it I yeah was drawing a blank but it's the it was the and all it really was was the proof of the the Gracie tapes right and the the cool thing is a lot of people don't realize this the original creators of of UFC the people who came up with that and put it together were the Gracies they were they're using it to showcase I read the book on that by the way did you really yeah yeah a lot of pictures it was a pop up it was pretty cool it had little trees you <laughs> yeah. push the thing the guy's arm goes like he's punching it was at, and my brother-in-law got it for for me for Christmas like 15, 18 years ago. Um, and it talked about like the creation from the, the beginning and like it the... actually went through all the all the ufc's leading into zufa so this was and i had seen i mean full disclosure i saw ufc one all the way i've seen almost every ufc we'll yeah. put it that way you're and a lot a, of them a lot of them i paid for did you really <laughs> yes you yes. fool i didn't go to the, the blockbuster or west coast video to get it i actually paid for it <laughs> yeah. um back when and it, you know and it got to the point not to digress but got to the point where they're like, UFC this weekend. Oh, wait, we can't have it in Mississippi. We're going to the Bahamas. Yeah. It'll be on Sunday versus Saturday. They throw everybody on the airplane. and Yeah. Yeah, dude, what... remember that it was the big big push like in legislation to get rid of it. It was cockfighting. Human cockfighting. Bullshit. Get out of here, man. Look what's happening to all these these poor football players, right? Right. Like Junior Seau, like what, Blue Zone Blue Zone? No, he shot himself shot in the heart. So that they can uh, research his brain. Yeah. And there's and been what, a couple guys that have done that. What they uh, find with this CTE. brain? It's what real. about what about Aaron Hernandez? <laughs> he had a boatload of issues, he more, but he had more brain damage than anybody they'd ever seen before. Right, and anyway, and that's so a constant collision. So obviously, yeah. we're, we're biased. Yeah, but I would not, you know, call MMA or any type of combat sport human cockfighting. At least not any sport where there's some skill involved. Right, that's the idea. Is skill. If you get two guys at the outside behind the bar, that's kind of stupid. Yeah, that's human cockfighting. Yeah. Um. So. You know the point is this: they they put together UFC one as a as a way to showcase Gracie Jiu Jitsu, and you got to tip your cap, man. Like what a what a what an um, fortuitous combination of having not only the most legitimate martial art, you know, being a master of it, like as a family, and having this incredible like legacy and lineage, but also having the wherewithal to be amazing marketers. 
because there there have been a lot of great fighters, great yeah. martial arts, and you know whatever across the the eons. But who's marketed what they do better than the Gracies? And they put it on the line. Put it on and the they line. They put it in the back of the black belt magazines. Yeah, and yeah. and I remember seeing those when I was a Ute back in the early. They would 30s. put what the the Gracie would say, in would, action. Yeah, was? Gracie in action. It was. If you and it was an invita- open invitation, stop by any of the uh, the, the garages, yeah. <laughs> come in and <laughs> would challenge us. And you know, if you watched uh, what was it, uh, the one about the Dirty Dozen, the first twelve black belts, they talk about none of those were edited. They didn't take anything out. No, every one of those, and they said there was thousands of them that took place. They never lost. It Guys would come thing. in, close the distance with that little, you know, chopping front tap, kick, yeah, I, I body lock, that, mount, yeah. smack, smack, smack. The yeah. guy turns over, choke him out, rear naked choke. You will see that. I mean, if you want to get the Gracie tapes, you could do it, but you could watch ten of them. You're going to get the general idea of all one thousand fights, right? And and to this day, when we teach a beginner class and we break down jujitsu as a whole, like the overarching principles, it's that close the distance, get to a position of dominance. Yeah. Encourage them to turn over, strangle from the back. And you read the book, so correct me if I'm wrong. They per because they could have used bigger, stronger, better, more impressive fighters. They were gonna use Hickson. Hickson. But what what do you think would have been detrimental about using Everybody Hickson? knew. Everybody knew he was Everybody, already the best. He was already the best in the, the world. world. And he looked it though. He was he, he was, was like one ninety five, ripped to the to the gills. Yeah. And then you get, yeah. <laughs> now he can barely walk, poor yeah. guy. But you know, you who's a bigger legend in martial arts than he, Hickson, right? He was amazing. But uh, they choose Hoist because yeah. Hoist is what, like twenty years old at the time. He was Buck like 70, 70 pounds, skinny guy, unassuming. Not he's, he's not like a tall. He's like six one, six two. Yeah, he is tall. He but wanted he, a tall picture with me in Kolona at Naga a couple years ago. He saw so we you. Said, he was like, hey, I'll man. sign your gila afterwards. <laughs> yeah. But uh, you know, we're standing next to him. I'm like, man, I can't believe how tall he is. One, yeah. And how even, you know, he's, I think he's about my age, actually. 150? 328 years old. <laughs> We're, I was actually, I took my mummy wrappings off when I got here so I could talk. But he's super tall and he's super lean. Yeah. You know, and even at this age, he's still, you know, he's still in great shape. Oh, yeah, dude. We, we can get into that, man. Yeah. I, let's do this. Let's punt that a little bit, put it on the shelf, because I think gotcha. it would be... It'd be very interesting to have an entire episode where we just talk about the Gracie family, and you know me, I'm not prone to hero hero worship, but you kind of have. But dude, to we down. owe so much to yeah. to them, and they do so many impressive things. So, you talked about how he's still in great shape. Yeah, that's that's like a, a cultural thing within their family. That's like the Gracie, Gracie diet, diet. <laughs> like you know, just their way of life. That's yeah. really interesting. But anyway, you know, Hoist, skinny kind of guy, and he's fighting beasts there's Monsters. no there's no weight class there's no rules everybody's like you know dropping elbows in the yep. nuts that was the headbutting that was the best grabbing the hair and <laughs> yeah. headbutting what was it was no fish hooking uh which is if you don't know fish hooking is when you stick your fingers in somebody's mouth and you start pulling on their cheek yeah. that's a don, i think it was Dante eye rivera special yeah, yeah. i think it was eye gouging maybe but everything everything else, else was, was on the table fine. yeah it was crazy and you know he straight he armbarred and strangled everybody yeah. and it was just it was super eye-opening because before that Everything was hypothetical. Yeah. It was like, you know, theorizing, or, well, if this happens, I could do this, and blah, 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 and just put it on display. And yeah. and the martial arts world was rocked. Yeah. Rocked to the core. I mean, we would, we, everybody relied to what was the martial art by, based off the movies we watched. 
You know, you got the yeah. guy with the ponytail. Uh, what's his name? Steven, uh, Steven Seagal? Seagal. Don't you dare. Um, I, you I loved him. Tongue. I loved him, Dude, man. back in the day. He... I loved him. His movies were just, I can remember, well, I mean, the first quarter of them. Hard to Kill. Hard to Kill. Man, it was such a good movie. It was good, dude. But in, I think in reality, I mean, he did It made show, me just want to break everybody's wrists. Right? You know? I just want to wrist lock everybody. <laughs> And I don't even do that on the map, but when I was younger, I was like, I'm going to risk like the shit out yeah. of everybody. But it yeah, was. Yeah, dude, when I was a kid, I thought street fights involved a lot more breaking of limbs than they <laughs> turned out to. Yes. The reality. is kind of a letdown. It, it was kind of. You get into a fight, and you're like, man, I was kind of disappointed. I didn't dude, break it's anyone's it's so hard arm. to break somebody. Believe me, I've tried. Oh, yeah. Like in MMA fights, like I've tried to. I've had Kamora's like wrapped around the guy's, the back of his head. It wouldn't break. Damn disappointing. Technique doesn't work. My nine-year-old me would have been watching it with such disappointment. Uh, but I remember, and you, I'm, I'm sure you did the same thing. Well, you, at a later stage than I. But when I when I lived in Pittsburgh in the seventies, um, that was eighteen seventies. <laughs> the things that I watched every Saturday were they had like the monster movies, which was like Godzilla versus Mothra, and then right after that was all the karate movies, yeah. all the kung fu Hell movies. Yeah. And I can remember my father going the hell are you watching what are you watching I'm learning I'm like, how to fight this is amazing Dad. this guy threw a spear and went through 12 guys <laughs> then stuck it to this piece of wood and he climbed it to yeah, the roof jumped, and killed 10 more <laughs> and uh he never understood my uh again my father was a different old school guy but uh but he didn't understand it but i always remember as a little kid watching that going man oh man i want to be able to do that one day. yeah man you gotta imagine i'm like seven years old doing kung fu yeah and same thing, watching all those kung fu movies, trying to, to be like that. But we thought that's really how you, you fought. Yeah. Dude, I got a funny story. So we had, you know, I grew up I grew up in a trailer park, and we were, we were scrapping a lot. Most of that is because, you know, my brother was four years older than me, still is. <laughs> and he had his crew of friends, yeah. and they were all, like, delinquents. And then me and my friends were all kind of the same age. And most of it was them just forcing us to fight, to fight people, each other. Yeah. You know, not even each other, but like kids from other other like neighborhoods, neighborhoods. and stuff. Like literally pushing me into kids and, yeah. until we started fighting. And then a new kid moved in up the street. His name was Freddie. He had like this monster rat tail going the, down the back <laughs> of his. And he was tough, man. He yeah. was tough. And uh, you know, it was just inevitable that Freddie and I were gonna fight. He was each gonna other. go. And uh, and the first time we had an altercation, he. We were playing football at, on the school at school, like yeah. at recess, and one of my buddies was like an all-star athlete, you know, and he scored a touchdown on Freddie. So Freddie like does a standing <laughs> rear naked choke on this kid, <laughs> like strangling the life at Paul Blake, strangling the life out of him. Wow. And I pull Freddie off. Freddie turns around, blasts me right in the face, you know, and then right away like the principal pulls me off. So we didn't get to fight, but that was like he laid down the challenge. Yeah. That means when we get off the bus tomorrow, we're gonna fight. So I told my brother this, dude, we spent four hours the night before in my room practicing fighting moves yeah. that we learned on Street Fighter. <laughs> like I'm literally doing stuff that like Blanca does and like, <laughs> like do, and I'm fighting like the monkey guy from Bloodsport. Yeah. Just like shit you don't do. You don't use. But when reality. you're like seven, eight years old, but you're like, I'm yeah. going to use these crazy fucking kung fu moves. I got one for you. This is a, this is a throwback. So uh, again, I grew up in, uh, outside of Pittsburgh, technically a town called McKeesport. And where we lived was you either worked in the mill or was associated to the mill. No, my father, you know, when we moved to Pittsburgh from upstate New York, I was a, a wee lad of like six months. And the only place we could afford was right in this neighborhood where we lived. It was right up the street from my grandparents. So it was all perfect. And it was total working class, total yeah. working class, mill dust through the air all the time. 
Um, and it was tough, man. There were some tough guys. There was a lot of tough guys in my neighborhood. Yeah, dude. I think I was five or six. And no shit, God is my witness. They would put us in a pit and they would, <laughs> we would fight. And I was pretty scrappy. That's it, human cockfighting. That was human cockfighting. And it was six years old. And when I say the, the older kids, they're probably like 12, 13. They were like. They're all smoking yeah. Paul Malls. Yeah. They, no. Lucky strike. No oh, filters, baby. My bad. But uh, no, they would literally, we'd be in the backyard of somewhere right around the corner. And it, this, I'll never forget it. Nobody knew who this guy was, but he had this house. Everybody used to hang out on a porch. <laughs> yeah. And we'd be in the backyard climbing the trees and stuff like that. And then they go, Pete, come here. And I go over and so-and-so, I think you should fight so-and-so. I'm like, okay. okay. Yeah, whatever you want, guys. And it was just lit. And at five, I had no idea. Six years old, whatever how old I was. It was pretty young. We're just going at it. We're just basically wrestling and yeah. punching. Yeah. You know? And, uh, and. Kind of like how your jujitsu looks it's, now. Yeah, well, it's not much. Not I have not improved that much in, the, in those years, but it's one of those things that I remember. It, it even now at, at three hundred twenty-eight years old, and I look yet back you survived. I survived, and I have no CTE that I'm aware of. Yeah, that, I have no CTE that I'm aware of. <laughs> <laughs> um, man, that's another good point we can bring up today about jujitsu for the win and yeah. what it does for kids because scrapping like that like a like a backyard scrap or like fighting on the playground it's become outlawed it's yeah. illegal just like climbing trees if you if you're a kid climbing a tree you will do 6 to 9 six months, to nine months in, in a state brain. penitentiary this is ridiculous um but you know we're all biological creatures and and I we talked a lot about hierarchies the last podcast yep. you need people need to fight you need to Kids get punched to in fight. the face yeah and you need to punch somebody in the face right so the problem one of the things that i see and you know i read about this in that stephen um no, jonathan heights book the coddling of the american mind yeah. is he says that one of the huge things missing from childhood right now there's a lot but one of them is conflict resolution so yeah. kids don't know how to how to like mitigate like conflict between each other they don't know how to you know like find resolution yeah. what they're getting really really good at is pleading their case to the nearest adult yeah so they're they're becoming like little lawyers and what do you think that looks like in like a work setting there's no resolution <laughs> there you don't no know resolution. how to fucking talk to people you just you know bitch and moan to, to management yeah. it's it's toxic it's toxic and it could have been solved when they were seven years old yeah when they were like talking shit to each other just let them fight yeah they're not going to hurt each other. They're seven. They're seven. At that age, you're basically made of rubber. Right. I mean. Yeah. Literally, yeah. we see some bendy stuff going on in here with those kids' classes. I, I'll always point out, it was, what, four years ago? I think it was, uh, what was his name? Uh, Jillian? Jill, Julian? Uh, Julia? Not Julia. I. We watched that match with Victoria. Oh. And I forget her name. I'm drawing a blank right now. And they went, and it was, we sat there, and we were like, extend the clock. This is better oh, than yeah. any ma these two. Mind you guys, I think Victoria was probably six or seven, maybe about that age. They're very young, and uh, Jillian, well, I've drawn a blank. But this match, and it, by match, I mean three minute Randoria after training class, session. They were going, and they were naturally getting leg entanglements. Oh yes, yeah, yeah. It was yeah. so impressive, and it's like, man, the human person was made to do this yes and then when you start at a young age when we're throwing these these you know they, they're angels these kids are just angels we have some great kids and you throw them in and you start showing them stuff and they're 
And we're not teaching them the leg entanglements or single leg. No, I remember that day. I look over at her mom. I look at Lee. I'm like, I guess Victoria just taught herself over under guard. Exactly. And it was so impressive. And it's like you give them a little bit of length and their body just starts reacting yeah. in this way. And that is for that to happen, man. I mean, that's like. Well, I think that's case in point on what we're talking about. Today. Yeah, Jiu-Jitsu exactly. for the win, the efficacy of jiu-jitsu, it's a very natural movement. And one of the things that makes it so effective is all those things you're talking about, like your body will naturally move in these ways, but you're you're kind of chiseling away all the unnecessary, all, exactly. the fl- all the fluff, all the bullshit. The evolution of your body's growth and maximizing its potential. Right. So, you know, and, th- and that's super important. One of the cool things... Um, so if we're going to talk about like how intuitive jujitsu is, one of the things Ricardo would always say that I loved, and and you'll hear me say it sometimes when we're teaching like the headlock series. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, yeah, this is awesome. All if you teach like you know the three or four basic headlock escapes, you know you're going to see things like like the frame, getting the hook to come out on top, yeah. the upa, and like bridging the guy over, all those things. He's like, you can go to like a like a desert island somewhere with like a, an indigenous tribe. And you just, you know, you park your boat or whatever the hell you call it when you do something with the boat. You dock your boat. There you go. And you you got 10 minutes. You teach these guys and girls just those four techniques and you leave for 10 years. You come back. When you come back, they're going to be playing De La Hiva guard, right? Because just all the concepts of jujitsu, all like the, the mechanics that make it effective are in those few in movements. Those few moves. And they'll extrapolate. They'll, it'll, it'll evolve and grow right from there. And and Victoria figuring out yeah. over under guard and like like cross Ashi Garami on her own <laughs> after just what two years of training yeah. that's that's a prime example of that. It's incredible. It's incredible to 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 like a, and we're lucky enough that we get to see these kids and and you know in the level two especially where we're starting to tack on a little bit more. Yeah, and we really started tacking a lot more in the last couple of years. So we weren't attacking them with like what we teach the adults yeah till two years ago when it was like we got to step it up with these guys yeah and it was it was before that i think that was one of the examples was we could challenge these kids and they're gonna be able to do it because they're they're doing it on their own unbeknownst to them i mean it does pose different challenges in terms of like the the delivery like how we're going to teach it yeah but in, in terms of potential and like aptitude and ability they can do whatever the the adults do. There's just like a little a little bit less pop, right? Like yeah. they don't have the the same capability for violence, the same strength. Um, but the beauty of Unless jiu-jitsu, you watch, uh, Ryan Terry and holy go at shit, it. dude. <laughs> oh man, I put up uh, I put up that video yeah. just like a mi- less than a minute of yeah. him and and Ed and uh, Napoli was like, give Ryan his purple belt, buddy. right? I was gonna be like Napoli, I'm gonna give him yours, <laughs> but I didn't want to have Napoli jump off the roof. <laughs> But yeah, dude, some of these kids are, are, are incredible. It's impressive. So I want to talk a little bit about, you know, we already kind of got ahead of ourselves yeah. on like the efficacy of jujitsu. But that's what happens when we start talking about Fucking this. Fucking exciting. It's just the, it's, I, I wish that we could take this, just the microcosm, and put it into a cell and, and just really put it in people's heads. So that we scale away all their preconceived notions. It's so hard to do. All man. that stuff. People are... Again, I think a lot of it, people were kind of afraid of the human contact to a yep. certain degree. Oh, well, you wrestled growing up. It doesn't matter what you did. You could do badminton. You could come in here. We got mountain climbers in the other mat right now. I think the biggest, all right, I'm going to simplify this for you right. for when you have your own school. People, adults, are scared of two things, getting hurt 
and looking stupid. Yes. Which one do you think is more scary to them? Looking stupid. Yep. Nobody wants to look stupid. I look stupid so, every day in my life. So yeah, this no, was a you're, natural you're like a fucking black belt and looking <laughs> stupid. What what you have to understand is one of the biggest like hesitancies for somebody getting onto the mat is not I don't even think it's uh like not knowing how to like do an arm bar. Yeah. It's I don't even know how to fucking put on a gi. I don't know when do I bow. Yeah. What like they don't understand the etiquette. So I think the lesson here is and we do a decent job. We just have to be way more transparent about what the basic etiquettes are, because yeah. I think that's going to be one huge barrier of entry that we that we knock down. Because like what you're saying, just putting that seed in somebody's head of how amazing this is, yeah. once they experience a little bit of that, they're not going anywhere. No, and and that's the the hook, not the fish hook from UFC one, but right. it's the hook, <laughs> the proverbial. We talk about it a bit when that first oh shit moment. And it could be something as simple. They can learn. They could learn the first, second day. It could be the second month. They should learn it their first day. They should. How many times have we seen people come in here and you go, how was your first class? It's the demo class. I go, it was fucking, I'll be back tomorrow. Yeah, it was amazing. All right, so. Can I take class every day, yeah, all and day? And you can. Here, you can. We yeah. don't limit you. I learned this from um, Henry Gracie. And, and the Gracies have been doing it this way for probably 100 years. Their first class, the way they like to introduce you to jujitsu and like the magic of how effective it is, is they'll right away, they'll have you just lay on your back and they'll mount. Yep. Not like a suffocating, crushing mount. Yeah. But you know, if, you, if you're if you a black belt and you mount somebody who doesn't train, you don't have to do shit. Yep. You're not getting reversed. It does not matter. You know, and they'll be like for 20 seconds, all right, get out, move. And obviously the They're guy on bottom out. isn't going anywhere. Yeah. It's just very eye-opening. And then they'll take two or three minutes and just teach them the basic upa escape. You know, like the bridge and roll, the trap and roll. Trap the arm, trap the foot, look over your shoulder and upa. And then they're like, holy shit. Wow. You know? That's I all think I before that, they'll switch. Yeah. Like, Henry will go on bottom. And, and right, then he returns. Yeah, I've seen that. Hold me down as best you can. Yeah. And like a child, he just bridges them over and over and over. And and that's just one very good example, as you know, yeah. of millions of instances in jujitsu where you are a Jedi Knight, where yeah. you can just move somebody at will, especially somebody who's untrained. Exactly. And there's the... You'll see the small, you know, it, it, we senior student to the junior student. Yeah. And the junior student may be half the size of the senior student. And we try to keep it within, obviously, the size and frame and stuff. But every once in a while, hey, that's just the way the, the chips fall. And the smaller guy will be able to get the sweep. They'll go from yeah. a bad spot to a good spot. Be able to climb the ladder and, you know, advance to a top side control, get into the back, you know, get into the mount. With very little training, just to, you know, when I say very little training, we're talking like maybe a month, maybe a week, maybe right. two weeks. So you're, you're saying like in, in a fundamentals class. In a fundamentals class. Because yeah, we know we know we could put a two-stripe white belt with a brand new guy. Yeah. And that two-stripe white belt who's been training, what, four months? Yeah. Is going to look like light years ahead. Exactly. Which is bonkers because if you go into any other martial arts school and you look at a group of white belts, they kind of all look exactly the same. Yeah. But that's the thing about jujitsu. Literally every week on the mat, every minute you put in is going to drastically transform your your ability on the mat, at, at least like in that first year. Yeah. Obviously, like those huge jumps in, in technical ability, you'll hit your plateaus. And the longer you've been training, kind of like it's not as noticeable with yeah. me because I'm just so good. Wow. Well, I'm oh, kidding. Well, I have to move out of the room. His head's going. <laughs> nah, but you know what I mean. I know. But you man, mean. when you're starting out, like the first three weeks, you go from not knowing shit, not being able to move your body, 
to not only moving your body, moving your you're moving another body. human because the technique is sound. Exactly. The mechanics of jujitsu are sound. What I'm gonna put you on the spot. Uh oh. I, I can't wait to see how this goes. What did what did Archimedes famously tell us? Me winning isn't you do. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> Give me a, a lever long enough and I will move the world. Yeah. Right? A long lever is a strong lever. Archimedes exactly. was all about the lever. And jujitsu, more than other any other martial art, adheres to the principle of, of levers. Yeah. Right? So There's all you have to do there. is open up a little bit of that, that mystery to somebody about how to use a lever properly mm -hmm. and a wedge. Wedge. A wedge, or as Danaher would say, wedge. Wedge. And uh, man, you're a martial artist now. You know how to fight. It's incredible. So we wanted to talk about that. We wanted to talk about the fact that... And this could be an eight-part series. You can see how excited we are. It, I, 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 need, I didn't even have a fucking coffee today, dude. I'm just gassed up. Yeah. I Well, I mean, I did, but coffee to me is like an Adderall for most people. So <laughs> I, I mellow out. But but stuff like this really gets me jacked up and it really juiced up. And I wish... Oh, man. I, like I said, if we could put this in a liquid format and inject it into somebody so yeah. that they could kind of get the gist. If so, I could get somebody anybody to feel the energy that I feel, the, the juice that I feel with this, yeah. with this thing. You know, you'd stop sweating to the oldies and doing all the P90X stuff. You'd go, man, it's electric. Yeah, it's dude. electric. The, the growth that you feel, when it, just from the first week, the first day to a month, and again, we said the last, the, the last time we did this is, man, you could kick your ass from a week ago, a month ago. And, and, and yeah, obviously not physically, but... Obviously, physically, but I, you know what I'm saying is yeah. the growth that you make and the things that your body can do out of nowhere. Yeah. All of a sudden you're doing it. It's just mind blowing, especially when you see people, you know, they're, they're, they've been training four or five months and they're, they're like, wow, I, I can't believe, I can't believe this. Yep. And they're just, so, you could see it in their eyes and you hear it when they talk. Cause Angelo and I were talking the other day and he's like, God, man. He's, it's, he's a good guy. He's a good. He's he's okay. I won't get. He's gonna get a big head, and his hair's gonna get longer. <laughs> but he and I've known Angelo for years. We worked together before, and he really, man, he's just like you could see it in his eyes, and he loves yeah. it. You know what I like about I like a lot of things about Angelo. One of the things I like though is is he's not afraid to talk a little bit about how much it means to him. Yeah, you know, because you know, even in jujitsu, yeah, we get pretty uh, buddy buddy because the camaraderie is so strong, mm -hmm. and we are very transparent here, but. He, he came up to me one day and he was just telling me how much it means to him to be here and like yeah. all the things that it's doing for him outside of, of jujitsu. And it's good to hear that. Yeah. It's because I know, and I know it's doing that for most of the people here, but to have somebody like put the stoicism and the tough guy act aside and be like, dude, this just, this means a lot to me to be here and to experience this. This is incredible. And he's here every day. Almost. Yes. Although yep. he blew off Nogi to go to dinner with the what family. A what a lazy what fuck. Man. Well, I mean, it was Rodizio, so I love a lot of steak. Right, there you go. Brazilian steakhouse. You see it in his eyes. You see it. And it's not just Angela. There's countless people have come in here and they get the hook. And we'll talk about the gnome again. The gnome came in noticeably overweight. Yeah. Came in. And miserable. And miserable. We don't even want to get on that. But you know what I'm saying? He came in and he immediately just dove into it. And he was just like, man, this is so awesome. He found something that set his soul on fire. Set his soul on fire. Gave him something that little noodle that little nugget and it was just like i gotta get back yeah and he saw the progress that was going on before he blinked his eyes he was 50 pounds lighter and we're everybody's going damn 
man, this is good. And he's a whole new person. Whole new person. Yeah. So you're getting kind of more into. So like I said, there's a lot of ways you could go with jujitsu for the win. Yeah. Um, I want to talk about Let's that. Go back how, to what we were talking about. Right, UFC but one and this, yeah. So yeah. you know, just the efficacy of jujitsu, and I, I don't, I don't, I think actually Israel Adesanya, right? He He's just lost. Oh no, he didn't. That was in the middleweight title, right? He he was trying to get the two hundred five title. Two hundred five, and he from, didn't. So he's still champ. Yeah. He might be the only. I could be wrong. Only champ in the UFC that's not a black belt in jujitsu. Right I don't watch it that much anymore, to be honest. But I like, remember. I know for a fact, like five years ago. Every single um, champ was a black belt in jiu-jitsu. At one time. Yeah. Right? And the truth is, does anybody go into, into MMA at a high level without a strong grappling background anymore? Yeah. No, it's impossible. You cannot do it. And that was the, uh, you know, in the, like we're talking about UFC 1, it was jiu-jitsu, jiu-jitsu, jiu-jitsu. They were just, you know, uh, hoist against uh, Ken Shamrock, who was a, basically a catch wrestler. Yeah. You know, that was what, the first two. Then it was Dan Severn. Mm-hmm. You know, who was a, a collegiate wrestler that turned into a... But uh, look what you're saying. This, this is the finals. Yeah. Why? Because all the karate guys... And they the, were getting taken out. They got knocked out in the first round. And you got the Dan Severn, who's 240 pounds, catch wrestler, who's got some submission skills. Yeah. Going against Hoist, that's a specialist. And at that time, mind you, there was, what, the 16, 16 moves in jiu-jitsu? And that's yeah. really all they worked from. That fundamental, that that that... Initial box of jujitsu that still works. You could just do look at Hodger. I was just gonna, you beat me to it. That's because you're younger. Yeah, Hodger My, my brain works a lot better. Than I, yours. I, some of the guys were, oh, I'm watching YouTube. I go, oh, oh. get off YouTube. <laughs> yeah. I go, watch competition, but I want you to watch Hodger Gracie before you watch anything else. They're like, why is that? I go, because Hodger will never bear him bola, he will oh. never do any of these fancy movements that are, you know, are in the advanced class that we do. He does the fundamentals and he kills everybody. Because jujitsu is sound. It it's is sound. sound. It works. If we took, if we had a, a complete ban, and said we're only doing the fundamental sixteen moves of jujitsu, and you stayed on the path and you kept the course, and everybody had the same energy as they do, you would be dominant in a street fight if it needed to be called upon. Yeah. So that's where I want to get to. Um, Let's keep in mind a little bit of my of my background. If you didn't listen to the first podcast, you know I have a black belt in karate. Yeah. I've done Filipino weaponry. I've, you know I, I've experienced a lot, just about every martial art. Um, and then I found jujitsu. Mm-hmm. So one of the gripes I have with with different martial arts schools, and look, let me first say this: I am nothing but a fan of every martial art. I think there should be more martial arts schools. I think there should be more karate schools, Tang Soo Do, Taekwondo, all of it. I want more martial arts, and I want more people training martial arts. You know, if you want to do jujitsu, fantastic. Come here. Come on in. Um, But the one thing that I don't like, Coach Pete, is when uh, a martial arts school will will advertise self-defense and convince the students that they're learning to defend themselves when the truth is, if they got into a fight, they they would get into a lot of trouble. Yeah, it would end badly. It would end. They w- they're just not prepared for for violence. The reality. They're not skilled in fighting. Yeah, you know, because up till now, everything they've done is very hypothetical, theoretical. They've been punching, kicking in the air with nothing behind it. They don't know what it's like to close the distance. They don't know what what it feels like for their knuckles to touch somebody on the skin. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah. 
So I think it's more dangerous to convince people like that that they can defend themselves. I think I think your best bet is to be uh, upfront and transparent and honest and say, look, we're punching, we're kicking, we're moving. You're you're getting more fit, more healthy. Um, You're doing a lot of great things for personal growth. But unless you're sparring and, and, and things like that, you don't really know how to fight. Yeah. So the best thing to do is avoid confrontation at all costs, <laughs> which is okay. Because yeah. I, I, I tell our students to do the same thing. I don't want anybody, well, if you had a the pro chance, violence. No, get out of that bad situation. Exactly. But if. I, I want to talk about the difference between the different forms of self-defense. Yeah. So there's, you know, punching a kick, punch, kick, block, which is karate, mm-hmm. right? And, you know, all the other variations of that, punch, kick, block. And then there's like the grappling martial arts. Yeah. What is it about jujitsu? Let's say in twelve months, all right. You get you get this student for twelve months. Mm-hmm. One's in karate or whatever. I'm not picking on karate guys, and there's there's outliers. Some karate like some like Kyokushin schools are fucking brawling yeah. <laughs> from day one. <laughs> yeah, that if if you have been in a combat situation, you know, three days a week for a year, you know how to fight, man. Yeah. And I I commend you, but but that's not who we're talking about. Yeah. Why why would you be so confident giving, you know, putting one of our let's say brand new blue belts in a self-defense situation in such a short amount one year of training is not a long time. Why would you be so confident? Your tires have a lot of mileage on them. Already. In what way? You even in your first class, at the end of the first class, you get two two minute rounds. Of what? Training hard. Live, training live, live. training. Randori almost. Right. So all the theories and hypotheses have gone out. Right. The, yeah. You get the, that is the proof in the pudding, I guess the, the term is. You get to go in and you get to exercise everything you learned against. And, and granted, we will say with the first, you know, your first class, the person you're going with is a senior student. They know, they should know that they're not here to destroy you. Right. So it's somewhat choreographed. Exactly. Somewhat. S- Somewhat. Not even. I, I don't even think that's the right word. For no. It. And what it is, is this guy's not going to choke you out. He's not going to armbar you. But you're going to have to work your you're, ass he's, off he's to resist. around this he's resi- guy. He so is full you resistance. have to learn, and and you you do learn, and this is day one. Day yeah. one. You're, execute, you're attempting to execute yeah. your techniques, yeah. your newfound skills against a resisting opponent. Fighting, fighting opponent, right? Yeah. So that, that's invaluable. That is... And again, again that's did you hear? When I, did you hear how uncomfortable I was in the lead into this? You shouldn't be uncomfortable. I know. Look, but here's the thing: because I, I taught karate, I, I, I grew up in karate. You're not and talking I, smack about karate. But let me be even more clear: I love it. I I think you should do those things. Yes. But in terms of efficacy, in in terms of fighting, and we we talk about it in a in our basic class all the time. You can even be a world class boxer. Yeah. And if you're in a street fight. There's such a thing, and and I think Jocko has talked about yeah. this. There's such a thing as a lucky punch. Yes. There's no such thing as a lucky choke. No. <laughs> You're not going to be in like a fucking grappling situation yeah. with some drunk guy, and he's going to lock in a guillotine on you. Doubtful it would happen. Even if he, I would let somebody start with a full-blown guillotine locked in and on the I, street. I, I and he, you're not going to finish it. I let you start with a locked-in yeah. guillotine. <laughs> anyway. Yeah. I digress after you just embarrassed me in front of Sorry, all guys. 12 people listening. Coach to this. Pete has choked me before. <laughs> you know, it, it, you you learn very early on in what we do here. One, that you learn a technique on the first day. Monday, it's pretty basic. 
You know, we break it down fundamentally. We're not diving into the depths of the technique till Thursday, Friday, Saturday. By the end of the week, you've had, we'll just say on average, we'll say what the average student's three to four classes a week. Yeah. You've had, beyond the class, the live training, you've had approximately two hours, if not more, of probably, live training at that point. More. Yeah. I'm just, you know, just keeping it, I'm going on a live. No, you're right. You've had two hours of live training. Very specified live specified training. Specified live training. In a live situation. Training, in a live situation. So let's build on that. So you're the way you're kind of like laying out how how the curriculum works. Say we're doing mount escapes. Yes. In that one week, you spend about two hours mounted. Yes. Working on fighting your way out in a in a drilling and situation. How your body will work in that situation. Right. So and you build up to the live situation when they're resisting 100. percent And the next week, that doesn't go out the window. No. You're still gonna do. You're still gonna get mounted, but it's just not. That's not the the focus. Exactly. And whatever the focus is in that second week, we'll put the magnifying glass on that. But what do we do after we bow out every single class? That would be get a drink of water. Uh huh. Come right back for Randor. Yeah, check your your Instagram yep. profile really quick, sure and then Randor. So you're going to experience almost every position in jujitsu in a fight. Exactly. Every single day. Yeah, I mean, look, we look. We're not going to start from the feet. At, at the at class, but if you're a, yeah, senior, if you're a student, senior student, you do. You feel free to stand yeah. up. We have no problem with that. So you're getting, the, you know, and, and we could touch on that. So our basic program, you're learning all the fundamentals. 16 week curriculum, we break every position down: the transitions, the sweeps, the you know, the the, the, the holding position, staying on position, going for the submission, finishing the fight. Right from A to B, soup the nuts. What to do? Fundamentally speaking. Then yep. just like the guys this week are finding out the blue belts, the new blue belts are coming in, and I heard they were talking about it just now. Uh, one of the students was in uh, Advanced Nogi last night, and they're like, I have no idea what I just saw. Yeah. Okay? Yep. So that being said, you go into the advanced class, and you're learning even more techniques. And you're when you go live in the advanced class, you find out very early on it's nowhere near like going live in the fundamentals class. Yeah. Because everybody that you're training with, and even if you're a purple belt, you're meeting – People, People way better than you. Let me stop you right there because yeah. this is important to point out. And I got this from Ricardo when I was uh, first fighting MMA. If I was if I was like three or four weeks out from a fight, he wouldn't want me training with the brown belts and the black belts. Do you know who he would tell me to train with? Blue belts. Nope. White belts. Fucking white belts. Three and four stripe white yeah. belts. Why? That prepares you for Finishing. a fight yeah. better than, than any other situation. He would, he would tell me to train the intermediate <laughs> class. He'd be like... Play guard in the intermediate class. That's the best way to prepare for a fight. Yeah, yeah you're eating like the accidental yeah, elbows, yeah. punches, and kicks. But the thing is this, dude. You might have experienced this before. It's an interesting phenomenon in jiu-jitsu where you'll go against like another brown belt and you're like, this is fucking poetry in motion. Yeah. This is the sweet science. What's boxing? Yeah. And then you, the same day, you go with a white belt and you're like, I can't even hit a sweep. Yeah. Because they're just not, they're zigging when they should zag. Yes. They're moving in very strange, unpredictable ways. Where, you know, it takes two to tango. Jiu-jitsu, you get into this kind of, not a rut, but yeah. into like that rhythm where you're both moving in, in predictable ways. Yes. You're moving, you're, you know, it's flowing, you get, it's you pretty. Get, you understand the tempo. Yeah. You have the mental metronome going in your head. Yeah, and you got better body control. Yes. However, however, a fight is not like that. No. A fight is fucking It's more like chaos. a white belt. Yes. It's like a white it's belt. It's like a white belt. Because there's times after, um, you know, teach the uh, fundamental nogi class or whatever start training live and you're going man everything feels off have you ever struggled to against the white belt not struggling like oh my guy's gonna beat me up but like you're it's just clunky like you're trying to hit it is, your moves and it's just not a smooth. i think we all struggled against one 
white belt Tom Anderson. Oh god, freaking bastard. Yeah, he was Thank a god, he's gone. bastard. But I miss you know, Tom. He was one of yeah, my favorite Tom was training awesome. partners. I love training with him. I remember. <laughs> I don't want to dig it, but I pulled guard on him, and, and you know, he was a Division three wrestler, Division two wrestler, and he'd get on top. You're not getting him off that top. No, that guy could pin you down. But you know, that was probably the only one. But there's no real rhythm. There's that. There is. If you, <laughs> it's just we, it's clunky. It is clunky. It's clunky. It's it's everything's offbeat. Yeah. And everything, and I'm speaking this from a terrible musician. Sure. But everything is offbeat and there's no rhythm to it. And that is more accurate, like you said, to a real fight because this guy's not going to come in, you know. No, he's like chaotic. He doesn't know yes. how to move his body. Yeah. Rigid, like, like, um, super rigid, like, uh, tense in the wrong spots. Yep. Like, he didn't learn, like, what muscles to relax at the right time and oh, things yeah. like that. Um, so that's kind of like the manifesto on the, and we can go deeper into the efficacy of jujitsu. Again, this can be like an eight series. And how podcasts. how in just six weeks we can make somebody like pretty pretty dangerous Effective. and proficient in, yeah. in defending themselves. Especially to protect themselves against a striking opponent if you you know, you figure we'll say eight a couple weeks, eight weeks would say, two months. Yeah. You could take somebody close the distance. Close the distance, get them to the ground, hold them down until the police come. Right. And I'll tell you this. As, you know, I taught stand-up martial arts before. It's not that they're not effective. They are. It's just it takes very long to become very dangerous. Yeah. Like, man, if you get – and believe me, I've seen some, like, high-level taekwondo guys who kick your fucking head off your shoulders. Yeah. Um, it's just to get there does not take six weeks. It no. takes more like six years, six probably years. longer than that. And um, you've also encountered the actual contact – yeah, they've been sparring. They've been sparring. They, been they, been get, they yeah. know what contact feels yeah. like. They know what combat feels like. Because yeah. getting punched sucks. If you guys have never been punched, it sucks. It doesn't feel good. It does not feel good. You know, but there's always the your reaction to it. How are you going to react to it? Yep. You know, I wouldn't if if I got punched in the head. That's fine. I you know whatever. I'm already dumb as a box of rocks and ugly as sin. But I I can eat a punch pretty good. You know, maybe not as much now because I'm older and. I don't know, man. Looking at your face, it looks like you could still take a good one. Uh, you're right gonna punch schnoz. me after this. Yeah, right? gonna, let's do a little experiment. <laughs> my nose doesn't need to be broken anymore. But I, I you know, I look. I've been in enough scraps. You yeah. know, I, is I've that done, why your nose is crooked? That's why my nose is crooked, and uh, it's hard to breathe at times. Excellent. <laughs> but yeah, um, you know, I mean, look, it's the whole idea that you've been in a fight. You've been in a fight. You in having the experience of being in a fight. I would rather duck the punch, get you to the mat, choke you unconscious. Yeah. Don't it's take, that simple. Don't take damage. I, there's no need to take damage. But it just it works better. It it also works better. It's actually there's there's a proper nicer look as than a, busting a guy's jaw where he's yeah, got to drink through a straw. I feel for bad for that too. By the way, but I, anyway, I'm yeah. I'm a, a very talented woodworker. If you didn't know that, and one of the things I've learned in woodworking <laughs> is there's a right tool for the job. Yes, there's a right tool. Like some are clunky and mm -hmm. and and just ill advised to use them, and in most cases. Jiu-jitsu is the right tool for the job. It Don't just use works. a sawzall when you could use a jigsaw. It just works better, man. It just works better. Believe me, I've done it all. Um, let's move on to this, dude. Okay. Jiu-jitsu for the win. I would argue that jiu-jitsu is like a cure-all. It can cure a lot of ailments, right? Mentally, physically, spiritually. It just seems to emotionally. Yes. It just seems to like, I don't know, come in clutch and save the day for a lot of people for a lot of different reasons. Yes. It's good for like, what, what do you think of that, dude? So, um, I can speak personally. I've been at some of the lowest moments of my life. Really bad, 
horrible, didn't sleep for three days type of moments in my life. Just terrible. Just everything, everything just was the lowest. I'd step on the mat. It kind of goes away. Yeah. I get to work through it. And I'm not thinking about those moments. I'm able to, to put it on the back burner. Because you, if you live in this compression chamber of shite yep. all the time. You're allowed to say shit on this podcast. Poop. If it's in this <laughs> container of poop, it's you're going to turn into poop. Yeah. To have these moments that you can just clear the slate, even if it's for an hour and 20 minutes. Yeah. Be present. You're present. You're in the moment. You're able to shake the cobwebs off, shake the crap off, and get somewhere with it. And... I was able to get through it by being here, by being on the mat, by training. Because I'm no longer thinking about the work issue, the you life can't. issue or anything. You really can't. I'm worrying about you trying to choke me, triangle yeah. me. And you're worried about getting better. And, and you're just you're living in your body and not in your fucking You're brain. living in the present. Yeah. To be in the present is imperative in life. Because if you're always looking behind or you're always looking to the future, you never get to embrace where you are right now. Yeah. Okay? And I, I you know... Like I said, I've I've really, really been in bad spots. And I was able to get through it. It, it, it cleared my mind. Emotionally, I was able to just go, <sighs> thank God. You know, let my hair, what little hair I have down. <laughs> but I was able to get through it. And I've you've heard me say it a hundred times. I can never thank jujitsu enough. I can never repay jujitsu. The only thing that I could do to say that I can pay jujitsu back is by sharing jujitsu and that's and try to explore explain to people i don't care how bad life is this is going to help you it's going to help you like you said mentally emotionally physically you know your soul gets cleaned yeah. it's like there's a whole cleansing thing that takes place Yeah, physically your body gets it's cleaned. a baptism in battle dude i gotta tell you this like i um i don't really have i wish i i had a more compelling like jujitsu saved my life story, but I, I don't. But, and I said this before, jujitsu didn't save my life, but it gave me it gave one. gave you one. It gives me one that, I, as I said before, That's checks. That's just as important. Yeah, look, it checks all my biological boxes, right? And let's say this, I haven't trained, what has it been, five weeks now since I've been hurt? We're Maybe thankful four, for four that. Four or five, yeah, like We're it's been like a month. We're thankful for that. Um, and look, I'm an optimistic, upbeat, strong-minded guy. I would like to think. But why do you think that is? Because part of martial of arts. Because this is around. Yeah, martial arts. Think about that aspect. You can have a totally negative looking per person who comes just totally negative. They start coming in here. They start training. It changes their outlook. It flips. Dude, it look flips at what the they're game. doing. They're like the reorg charity, like over in the UK. They're just they're finding out that you can use jujitsu to to help people with PTSD, help these returning soldiers. Yep. But for me, I got to tell you, like it's been a month since I've trained. My skin's a little bit worse. Yeah. Like seriously, like my skin's like kind of scaly. Like I, I need to exfoliate. <laughs> like I kind of, like I don't smell that good. And That's I got, like I gotta tell you, I haven't worn deodorant in twenty years <laughs> yeah. since like high school. I might, are clean. I might have to start. Yeah, that's the, the thing, dude. Like I'm always, I've been flushed out yeah. for fifteen years straight now. Yeah. I've been like, you know, I'm no monk, but I eat pretty clean. Yeah. And we talked about this in the jujitsu lifestyle yeah. podcast, but you've earned clean. a cheat meal. Right. I, I just like living my life with my buddies That's sometimes. the way I look at it. But dude, jujitsu physically, like I can just see the difference in my face when I'm not training. Mm -hmm. I could definitely feel the difference. It's awful. Underneath this beard, I have a face. And do I you know, really? Yeah, it's hard to believe. I look like a Wookiee right now. <laughs> you do. I can't wait to <laughs> shave that frigging thing off of you. But there's, you know, there, 
God, I, like I said, I'm jacked up right now. I'm juiced up right now. Yeah. You know, I feel like I did lines of what is that pre-workout right now. I'm just like, Grr. man, I just want to shake people and say, open train. your eyes, train. train. It, I don't be afraid, but don't be afraid to get on the Dude, mat. Dude, you you're a good, you're a great ambassador for jujitsu. You're you're a better ambassador than I am. You are. Probably because you're more of an emotional guy than I am. Yeah, I'm Italian. You're, no you're a little bit more outgoing than yeah. I am. Um, hopefully, I'm doing everything I can to make jujitsu accessible. You do a great job. I'm doing a lot of behind the scenes stuff. Yes. Um, you're a great ambassador for it. I, we should all be better. We should all be better. One of the things, like I was, I was on a podcast for um, like uh, martial arts school owners, yeah. and I was talking about my our marketing strategy. Mm -hmm. Because believe it or not, like we've got a pretty good like marketing program, quote unquote. Um, but I was like, let me just break it down for you. Jiu-jitsu is scary. Martial arts is intimidating. My job as a like quote unquote marketer, all I do, I do no advertising. Yeah. Nothing I do is salesy. I don't even put our website on the interwebs. I like on social media. Mm -hmm. All I do is little videos, pictures, and like uh, blurbs about what you guys are doing on the mat. Yeah. I, I try to portray like the the personal experience you guys are having on the mat, what the kids are being able to do, to do on the mat. Because if if you can get a, an actual, authentic, genuine glimpse of like that personal experience, mm -hmm. it's a snapshot of like, holy shit, look what it's doing for this person. Because yeah. then like all those other barriers of entry don't really mean as much. It's, it's not likely to stop you. Because it's like, I could do that. I should do that. You should do that. Look at these people. Yeah. Look what they can do. Even if you look at it and you say, man, I can't do that. Why don't you come and try to find You can't, out? but do you want to? Do you want to? You can't right now. You will be able to. But you could. You, you will be able to. to. And, 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 you know, again, that's it's the power of this thing. Who? Let me ask you this, because um, I want to talk about this. All right. Who, like, what types of people do we welcome here at the school? Everybody. But, all right, then let me rephrase. Is there anybody who we do not welcome here at the school? We have an anti-douchebag policy. We do. A strong yeah. one, too. And it's... A zero tolerance. Zero tolerance. And if they cut, if they sneak in through the cracks, they come in with the smiley face and yep. the nice smelly ghee. Little snakes. Little snakes. And then they get in, you go... With the smelly ghee. <laughs> yeah. They get in here and you go, you're a douchebag. Yeah. And they, they, they're not long for this world. And you know what? Part of it is they come into this very positive environment. And they start to see that they're not fitting in. Yeah, something is unlike something the others. Is, yeah, something's amiss here. So what happens? One of two things, right? One, they're going to have a really, really uh, tough time. They get ostracized. They get they, ostracized. You know, physically. Physically. And socially. I'm not even talking about physically yet. I'm just talking about... Oh, we they haven't, we see, haven't hazed them out what, yet? I wouldn't even say it's a hazing. I think, you know, if you come in with the attitude that you douchebaggery, man, you're going to get weeded out socially right then when you're in a role and you're you're gonna get your ass kicked yeah you know and so you're addressed. not gonna walk away with a bloody nose and a broken face but you're gonna get owned you're gonna get owned yeah so one of the things that happens man and but look, that's society too can, can we just be honest jujitsu is i i said it's a cure-all it seems to be it's not a cure-all 98 99.9 and, and one of the reasons that we we, can't, we did this podcast today is because i just kind of got a little bit tired Every like few months, it seems you see the rounds on the internet from like Jujitsu Times and everything. Like, uh, some black belts, some Jujitsu black belts are douchebags, or something along the lines of like, no, having a, a black belt in Jujitsu does not mean like you're you're not an asshole or something yeah. like that. Yeah. 
and I, I get it. Of course, there's a, there are a million black belts in jujitsu. How many of them are going to be douchebags? Probably a good amount. Yeah. But what I do want to point out, like, it's just that's not painting the right picture. No. I think what the focus needs to be on is if you are somewhat of a douchebag and you get a black belt in jujitsu, the chances are you either have become less of a douchebag or you're not that much of a douchebag, you know, in the first yeah. place. I just, jujitsu does this amazing thing over time, mm-hmm. right? Like it whittles away a lot of the bad parts of your personality, right? And, and that all starts, I think, with like your ego and like your, your confidence. You come as a block of, con- of granite. Like a sculptor. Well, you're, and it I think you're more away. like an onion. You're, a, yeah. you're like Shrek. You're like an onion. There you go. You know, we all yeah. have layers. We all have our protections. Yes. But I think the longer you're on the mat, in the right environment, are there are there shitty academies out there? Of course. Yeah. Are there a lot of bullies out there? I'm sure there yes. are. We don't. I don't know personally because I've had great experiences. Yeah. What I want to say is I've been doing this for a very long time. And... I, I just articles and comments like that, I think, gloss over the fact that on the whole, and that's how we need to speak. Yeah. Of course, there's going to be, you know, outliers and douchebags. On the whole, I've seen shit, 10,000, 12,000 from Ricardo's to here, maybe like 10 or 12,000 people, mm-hmm. like, you know, have some aspect of the journey. I've seen them become better people. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, even a guy like Chris Matakis, who I've known very personally and, We've had a very tight relationship since we were blue belts. He was a white belt. Yeah, He was not a bad person when he was a white belt. I think he's a way better person as a black belt. You know what I mean? It's yeah. just, it made him a better person. Made him, The you know, journey? Yeah, dude. The journey, just be, and the, being around these types of people. You're, you, you know, hey, this goes back to your circle. You surround yourself with good people, you're going to be a good person. And, but I think a huge part of that, it's not like we're, we're not on, in a bowling league. No. Like, think about the things we do day in and day out. We do things that are actively making us confront the weakest parts of ourselves and and overcome and fix the problems, man. Yeah. That's the thing. We're actively fixing a lot of our fucking weaknesses. Yeah. And I love jujitsu for that. And I will never be, I am unapologetically a pusher of jujitsu. And when I see comments like that just, it, it's just looking at it the wrong fucking way. Yeah. Look, man, the chances are, the chances are you're going to be a better person if you're a black belt in jiu-jitsu. Nothing's 100%. Nothing. Nothing is 100%. And again, you're going to have somebody that... I got is, a little heated there. I know you did. I was you're, trying to hold back a little you're bit. You're a little red. A little red <laughs> <in the face. laughs> but, uh, but no, I mean, look, no one's no one's perfect. People are people. You know, so you, I think you're going to find some people that once they get their black belt, they kind of get a little bit arrogant bastard, maybe. Yeah, have maybe. you seen that? Yeah. You I lose have. the humility along the way. Again, that's yeah. just that's just people. But I'm sure that person's gonna run into somebody competition wise, going in and puffing out their chest, so they get knocked back a couple feet. Yeah, but I think and my humility, my stance is if if that guy's an arrogant prick with a black belt on, imagine if he never got his black belt, how much of a dick. Exactly. Be. That's kind of where I was gonna go with this, you know. Like you kind of knocked the peg in a this little is, bit. This is the best this guy is yeah. ever. And dude, I haven't. And he's seen still kind him. of a jerk, Look, but there, you know what? I think at, in in yeah. the hole, he's probably better off than he would have been. And he's, ever he's gotten much better at playing nice with others. Exactly. Than he it, than he otherwise would have. He can communicate with people reasonably well. He can have. A, he can interact with people because yeah. you have to. You have to do that on a daily basis. And if you're a school owner, 
you can't be a jerk. You're not going to get any students. I mean, you can't. I've seen I'm some sure. You, well, I, I mean, look. Some guys like that, though. Yeah. You know, like some, some people, people need that. Some people like the arrogant, like, king of the hill kind of shit. Some people respond well to that. I like the I, quiet. I, I like the quiet confidence. Like Ricardo. Ex Ricardo is Every very time appealing I've to me. Seen, you know, uh, uh, Jim Glenn and I would take our sons up to train with the uh, shout out to Coach Tyler up there, and um, I'd see we'd see Professor Almeida. Professor, how are you? Good. You, got, you would never know that he was. He's a great in this Dude, art. Nobody realizes that you know he's a two-time silver medalist in Abu Dhabi. Think about that. that he's like king of pain craze, choked yeah. out Nate Marquardt because right. he's not fucking posting it all no. the time, and he doesn't. He doesn't it. tell it to, no. to, to to like the class or anything like that. Nobody even knows. He doesn't have to list his resume before he gets. Anyway, look, we're you know yeah. we're digressing yeah, a little bit. Um, but I, you know I want to point out that the environment with like jujitsu for the win, jujitsu is not only improving the lives of the people here, and I got this from my uncle. He would articulate this a lot better than I do. There's a ripple effect. You know what I mean? Like, the people benefiting from jujitsu are not just the people who train here. People surrounding you. It's the people in their lives. So, you know, their kids, their coworkers, um, everybody in their community, their neighbor, their, their friends. It's a, it's a huge ripple effect. You're less, just from you training here. Exactly. You're, you're less liable to snap. And and you can carry more weight, yes. Emotionally, like you can give more of yourself away. You start to realize, and uh, again, I'm in the corporate world, um, and I can the people load the shit. Go ahead, go ahead. That's a they, you're not going to be able to choke me. You're Dude, not going to be able to own, do this. You own enough of yourself that you can give some away. Exactly. Right. So that leads me to this next thing. Nothing's perfect. Jiu-jitsu is not perfect. Our academy is not perfect. No. We're, we're, we can always constantly improve. We're, we're constantly on that track. Yes. All I do all day is think about how to make the programs better, how to welcome students here better, and like, what am I missing? What yeah. am I missing? One thing that I know for a fact, 100% in my soul, that I'm not missing is we're inclusive. Yeah. Right? We have... There's no secret handshake. To we have no prejudices here. No. And, and I got to be honest, I'm a little nervous to talk about this now because for some reason it's like a hot button topic to tell people you're not prejudiced. Yeah. Um, but the truth is this, like we're, about, we're pretty goddamn diverse here. We are very diverse. Right? And I, I just want to point out like, so the reason I'm bringing, we talked off. Offline. Offline, yeah. right? And I'm going to be I have to say this because it's bothering me. I'm just seeing time and time again on, on social media, which is problem number one. Yeah. Like I should just not go on. But it's it's like calling people out. And it's it's especially calling out like martial arts school owners. And it's like, why are you not being more vocal um about like, you know, what's happening within the Asian community and things like yeah. that? And I'm like, I I I guess I get what you're saying, but what do you want me to put up a meme? Yeah. Do you want me to put up a meme? Because the truth is your meme is doing what? Nothing. Fuck all. Yeah. You the meme is doing nothing. All yeah. you're doing is flying a flag to, you know, satiate and like appease a few people. You're pounding your. You're not helping any victims. Yeah. You're not. You're not pushing. Uh, you know, I don't know. You're you're not moving the uh the dial so yeah. to speak. I guess that's what I'm trying to say. Yeah. Do you know what is making a difference in the victims' lives? Actually, my the community we've built. Yeah. You know, like we've got. Every race, every gender, um, you know, everybody is welcome here. Yeah. Men, women, like, does not matter. It does not matter. Men, women, uh, in the transgender people, anybody can. Train anybody here. can come here. I don't care who you're in love with. Right. 
So, but my point is this, in, in terms of like, like helping, we, we are, we just laid out, Much we just spent 45 minutes laying out how jujitsu helps people. Yeah. Like we're doing our part. And we didn't say it was only for this section of people. This is for everybody across the board. Exactly. Everybody. And that's what I love it. And, and I would say if you're, uh, whatever your issue is and you're feeling troubled, come on in. Come yeah, dude, train. like it's, I'm just, I'm hesitant to put up to, and it doesn't have to be. In I don't like empty gestures. Yeah, I, I, that's I why like, I said action, action. That's why when uh, the kid gets bullied in Tennessee, and the Gracies fly him out, spend a week with him, and they help. It's him. fucking beautiful. And I, I wish we had the ability. I to, wish I we mean, could maybe do we that. could. We could. We could right? probably. We could do it for. Dude, and like I'll put it out there. Least. I'll put this out there, and I'll I'll put this on. This will be like the meme I put up. If there's anybody in our community in the Mount Laurel area who's you know. Asian or or black anything yeah. and you don't feel safe yeah and you feel like like you need self-defense and confidence yeah. and community more importantly if you feel like you need support about like with like-minded positive people you come here I will gladly extend a scholarship to you yeah you know that is I want to take action I don't I just don't like the idea of of bullying people into empty gestures do you, know what I, do you know what I'm saying? I know dude? exactly what you're saying. And, and it's, you know. If I thought putting up a meme would help the situation, I, memes I would are do good it. when they're funny, right, RC? But that's about it. Yeah. I, I really think, and you see memes. You like, see if you're pictures. not taking action, you're not doing shit, dude. You could post up all these self help memes, but if you're not helping yourself, what good is the meme? I agree with you. Take. Do something. And I, I'm not saying come do jujitsu. It's good. I, mean, I know what it does for me. You know no, what it we does are, for you. No, we are saying come do jujitsu because you know, it's going to make your life better. A lot better. But. Whatever your help, whatever's going to get you through and it's going to make you better, do it. Yeah. I say come do jujitsu. I know what it's done for me. Yeah. I know what it's done for a lot of people out here. And it's not, you don't have to come in and be an all-star athlete. I am not. You cannot, you could come in here, you could be a housewife. We have a bunch of them. You could come in here being a... a, a, a I, I really don't like your archaic uh, perspective you of a housewife. You can I know be a, a lot business of person, housewives. Yeah. <laughs> we have a lot of people from all, every, yeah, everybody. every step. I'm just saying, you could. What well, I don't care what you are, you could come in here, and you can embrace everything that we're talking so about. I, what you're saying in a roundabout way is that we've created an, an inclusive, diverse, supportive community. Except for douchebags. Except don't for come douchebags. in here if you're a douchebag, please. Or if Save you can be a douchebag if you're willing to change, to grow. Yes. Exactly. If you were, if you're, and again, stepping through this door is embracing the ability to grow and change from whatever you were from the moment you you were getting assigned a waiver to what you soon can become and will become right. once you achieve your black belt. What I mean, if you come in here, eyes open, mind open, open mind, open spirit, open heart, and I don't want to get spiritual about everything. You can get spiritual. All right, man. I'm gonna burn <laughs> okay, some let, let me burn this incense. Let me burn this quick. incense. But if you come in and you're open and willing, you're gonna transform yourself from what you, the path you were on, to path you can be on. And not and a single person in here regrets. is gonna is gonna regrets even put a second of thought exactly. into who you are. And they're gonna embrace you. Yes. That's the other thing is, you're gonna come in through these doors. You're gonna get paired up with somebody. You're you're gonna meet people in here that are like minded, 
that went through that transition will yes. be like, dude, you know what I've realized and I'm, I'm fucking be proud of, I'm gonna say, let me also say this. You saw how Krispy Kreme is going to give you free donuts every day for the rest of the year. If you got vaccinated, Krispy Kreme donuts, if you bring in your vaccination card, right. they're going to give you free donuts. They're going out of business. Isn't that part of like what got us into this problem? Yes, yes. Anyway, there's um, going to be a lot of. <laughs> you know what I realized, man? Because I was thinking about this. If you're at like Target or or Walmart, and somebody's like morbidly obese, like 400 pounds, and they're like, you know, in a in a cart or whatever in front of you, you're you're probably pretty quick to be judgmental. Yeah, you know. But if somebody's 400 pounds and they show up to the academy, you ever realize that nobody gives a shit that they're. Nobody is like judgmental. Somebody who shows up here. The only thing that happens, you say, "Dude, let's train." Yeah, dude. Let's train. It's like you're so fucking proud of them. I think it like it supersedes your your um, human instinct to be a judgmental piece of shit. Absolutely. Like you bypass that, and yeah. like you're just supportive. And I don't know if it's because the tribalism, like now they're on your team, and there's that. Yeah. But I think there is like I don't think it's you're like team. applauding them. You're if like, you're Good saying job. the team is jujitsu. Then you're right. Because I yeah. think if I see somebody that... Yeah, yeah, yeah. For many... I don't any care what... I don't care if I... You know, uh, Avery and Jiu-Jitsu Times could throw something up, but somebody's going through... Man, I will sit there at my desk and I will applaud you. I'll stand up yeah. and say, man, I wish I could give this guy a hand something. Yeah. I wish I could... Uh, you know, anybody... Like you said, if we... You, don't do it in a mean, though. But put it out there. If you have... Uh, if you need X, Y, Z, you want to feel like you need support, come on in. Let's take care of it. Yeah. Man. Let's do it. Action. Action speaks louder than words. You know yeah, what I'm dude. saying? Yeah, because I'm, I'm sure somebody's going to fucking take offense to what we said because that's the, the time we're living in. Because being positive is offensive. They're gonna All they're going to hear is that I didn't want to put up a meme. That's all they're going to fucking hear. You know that. But we, we, know the, yeah, we know the truth is exactly. that we're so proud and you know always actively pursuing building this community where we are a positive influence where we are the change you know be the change yeah we are the change you want to be the delta the delta yeah. that makes the change to put somebody whatever the path you, to get you on the right path i hope that we can help you i hope that we could be that positive kick in the ass that you need whether it's you know quitting smoking yeah you know dude that's why that's why it's jujitsu for the win i could put up a picture of you choking somebody at the new york open and i could put hashtag Jiu-jitsu for the win. Yeah. I could put up a picture of of Napoli losing 100 pounds, and I could put hashtag Jiu-jitsu for the win. I could put a picture of, like, Victoria, I don't know, doing, like, a speech at school because she's, like, a shy kid. Yeah. And, you know, jiu-jitsu hopefully jiu-jitsu is what got her out of that, out of her shell. Jiu-jitsu for the win. Yeah. I could put a picture of, like, you know, a little kid accomplishing something. Jiu-jitsu for the win. I could put a picture of an entire family training together, finding a way to, like, you know, get that quality time together. Jiu-jitsu for the win. Yeah. I could do all these things with that one, you know, hashtag jujitsu for the win because it just does this amazing thing where it can take any aspect of your life that is wanting and lacking and it can make it better. This morning, uh, Paul Jackson, Professor Paul Jackson, um, he is also the afternoon drive time DJ on WMMR. He posted a thing about him and his son and his son's, I think his son's like 11. And he's like, man, this is awesome. I get to do this and share this with my kid. Yeah. And I'm like, 100%. The fact that I have Jack in here training with all you guys, and I step away because he's not going to listen to me because I'm his dad, but he's going to listen to you guys. He's going to listen to you. He's going to listen to Battles. He's going to listen to Tony. listen to Coach Al. All these guys take him under the wing. That, that environment for growth that he has, Yeah. 
these other kids that aren't aren't experiencing that, they're not gonna they're gonna in I guarantee. And look, I'm not saying my kid's gonna be you know going flying. No, but you know NASA. what's you know what, nothing bad. He's only good things will come from him being here with us. Absolutely, and there's no other place for his growth that I could put him would be maximized. And he's gonna like be a better he's gonna be a better representation of himself, of himself in the outside world. Exactly. And you know, even after class last night, he's sitting on the bench. We get I, I was uh, finished finished up the fundamentals no gi class. He's sitting on the bench. Uh, uh, Mike Barone's kind of breaking his stones a little bit. And they have that little part. Two different, c- completely different He's people. learning how to socialize. He's learning how to communicate. Yes. He's learning how to. And he's a, he's a quiet kid. He's yes. a reserved kid. But he, you know, the laugh about the mustache. And Mike's breaking his stones. But he loves he had it, milk dude. on he his loves mustache. It. Yeah, he like we're making fun of him, but he likes it. And he he's accepted. As a 14-year-old kid, he's accepted with grown-ass men. Yeah. And he's training with grown-ass men. Same with Ryan. Training with grown ass men, and imagine what that's going to do for him. Leaps and bounds, to putting him in a spot that the majority of the kids in this world are never going to be able to go. Well, not if I have something to to say about right? it. Right? I wish I could take everybody and bring them into class. All right, man. Let's wrap up. That was. Uh, we didn't even touch. Was... <laughs> we didn't even touch anything we spoke. We wanted to talk about. Yeah, but look. but it was such. I mean, look, man. If I think everybody knows that knows us. We have a passion for this. Yeah. And the passion for sharing. It. If we didn't, we we don't deserve to be in the position we're in. Absolutely. And look, we can, you know, come back for part two if we don't get canceled, of course. We'll get canceled. But um that's where it's at. It is. Absolutely. All right, old man. Thanks. I'll uh I'll oh, see you on Saturday when we're Saturday we're gonna get shaved up. Forty four hundred dollars we're at right now, guys. We need six hundred bucks to get to five K. Six hundred to get to five K. Cough it up, you cheap bastards. Yeah. <laughs> awesome work, guys. Later guys. Thanks for